Welcome to Tear Report, a podcast made by a fan for the fans of the Saturday Sharks. Every single thing you hear about in this podcast is completely my opinion and is not affiliated with the official Saturday Sharks of the National Hockey League. Thank you and hopefully you'll enjoy this episode of Tear Report. Okay, no, we're not going to land of hope and glory. You thought that title may suggest. You're listening to episode 5 of Tear Report's first season. Can you believe it? We are at the business end of the 2018-19 NHL season. It's gone so quick. Before you know it, we're all going to be in playoff mode and saying, we want the cap and all that stuff you expect from the first season. But we've still got two months worth ahead of us. And this episode looks back at February... A Canadian-filled month for the Sharks, as we had a big Canadian road trip, which I want to talk quickly before we start. When the fixtures were released way back in June, and I saw this Canadian road trip penciled in, I thought, right, regardless of how it goes elsewhere in the league, this could be the pinnacle point for the Saturday Sharks season, as it could either make or break us, and... In the words of a great Canadian, we just had to go, you can and you will do your best. And that's exactly what we did. Also, we've got a Canadian Pacific watch coming up for you. I'll let you have a guess who that's going to be as we look back at February 2019. So the first game back from the All-Star break, it was at home ice. I was kind of hoping we'd get to have... A game where they would just leave all the All-Star weekend stuff on the ice. It looked so pretty. I just thought it would be a great thing for Sue. But no, it was all back to normal. Normal ice surface was back, everything. On February the 2nd, Arizona came into town. Now, understandably, after both the All-Star break and the bye week collided together this year, you would understand why both sides would probably struggle very early on in the game. And that had been the case. Also, on top of that, Arizona lately have been a force to be reckoned. They've been a thorn in our sides. So if the Sharks had get one over a Tokyo side, it was going to be a struggle to do. And... They went in 3-2 win overtime and it was such great to finally get one over them. Because the last time we met them, it was a diabolical it was diabolical. It was just bad. But also what was very nice to see was a Chat Coaches Challenge! Woohoo! That says one of those. Peter Moore, he's very reluctant to be seen this season to actually challenge a goal. You've heard me talk about that numerous times on previous occasions. And yes, we had a challenge and come out. Woohoo, it's nice to see that. So in the end, a good booster for the Sharks on what was going to be a big road trip. So let's start now. So, the stretch was this. Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. 
Now, when you look on paper, you think it's a 2-2. Two, two. two wins, two losses, given the teams you think. So, there's a lot of expectation here for the Sharks, because this is a big road trip. If you get one of these guys, you're going to be in good shape. So, the first game was on February the 5th against Winnipeg. Now... We sure like to give ourselves heart attacks these days, as despite leading throughout, the team, Winnipeg leading throughout, the team kept calm and collective, and every time the Jets held the lead, we fought hard and we came back to tie it. I think the big problem was both the Jets' goals came in quite early in the periods, so it kind of just threw us off a bit. I was like, oh my god, what do we do? But it was like, okay, stay calm. It was that next shift mentality that did it. And we went to the... We forced the time period. I thought, yes! But then to get a pair to I was like, no! What are you doing? But thankfully, it was our captain, Trevor to come through in our time and clinch the win for Team Teal. And another coach's challenge happened. Woo-hoo! Sorry, it's so rare, it deserves a woo. It literally does now. I'm going to be doing that every time I see a coach Charman because they're so rare. And luckily, the challenge was made and won. And I think that could be a big game changer. Because if that challenge wasn't won, then I think, don't think it might have gone the way it went. And went. It still might have been 3-2, but it could have been 3-2 Jets regulation and not 3-2 Sharks overtime, which was Score. Right, moving on now. February the 7th. What's actually have been quite handy in this Canadian kind of road is it's game break, game break, which is good because that means you're not rushing to get from one Canadian state to another and then be exhausted having the travel and playing every night. So that's, that's been a big boost for the trip. So, February the 7th, Sharks be Flames. Now, we all know what happened the last time on New Year's Eve, which I'm going to say, New Year's Eve, please, can we not play on New Year's Eve anymore? It's, they're not nice. They are bad for Sharks hockey. We don't want that. So hopefully in June this year, when the pictures come out, we won't see on the 7th of February 1st, 19, we're playing. Don't want to see that. So we all knew that was a bad night. And with the way Calgary's been playing this year, you would... I wouldn't blame you if you thought, oh, okay, here we go, hammering time, we're going to get our asses kicked. And it looked like that was what was going to happen. Carrie took the early like I did the last time. In a game that literally had every, everything. It had a short goal, it had a power play goal, it had both Netmeyer's game penalties. And I thought, well, that's weird, it's ridiculous. In what was a big statement win. Yes, that's right. You heard me. We beat Calgary 5-2. Despite trading earlier, as I mentioned, we were able, in that first period, to score three unanswered goals in the space of 1 minute 25 seconds. And that was the turning point. And we never looked back. And it was just so brilliant to see. Because Calgary, as I've said in the past, episodes based on how the pace up are are one of the threats in the West. So if you can get these wins over them while you can, 
that is a good confidence boost for if, for example, we were to face them in a postseason round. And we could go in it thinking, well, yeah, we beat them there. We beat them here. So we can beat them. It's just got to be an angry forward. So that, I think, was the most important game to win. Because Calgary, you're more likely to face in the postseason round than Winnipeg were. Right. So, the next game in this road trip, you're thinking, what's going to happen now? Because if the Sharks have won the two games we thought we'd lose, then we're in the opposite half and we would lose the two games we would definitely need would win. Because Everton has really struggled this year. They've been basically playing musical chairs the whole year round. And Vancouver, well, they've been very fickle. They started strong, and now they've gone back to what's been standard Canucks hockey. So what was the, the story going to unfold? Well, on February the 7th, it was a trip to Edmonton. For the gazillion time this year, I know, it's ridiculous. Hopefully, balance will happen when Seattle arrives. That's probably the only thing good thing that will happen, though. But it was 5-2 win. Now, I say this was the best of the trip so far. As, unlike the past two games, there was more confidence showed here, more dominance. Also, they were shocked that Kayla Bank didn't have a hat trick before that game. I was really stunned. I thought, because he's been with the Sharks quite a while now, I would have thought he would have had a hat-trick years ago. And yet, that was really surprising. But still, an important win, 5-2 over the Oilers. So the final game on the road trip. Could we do it? Could we actually sweep Western Canada? Well, that's what we did. On February the 11th, it was the one-sided portion of this road trip, it was Sharks 7, Canucks 2. Now, the scoring here started very early and there was nothing really Vancouver could do about it. Now, Vancouver had a lot of injury troubles with their net miners, so I can understand why they had to put a first-timer in the net. Because um, we've had plenty of injuries, we've still got some injuries. So I understand why both of them absolutely did, but at the end of the day, it meant that they weren't able to play even what is their best game. And literally they just fell 7-2. At the end of the day though, at least it wasn't a shutout. Because I easily thought, after that first period, thought, well, well, first was got, I thought, well, it's going to be a shutout win. But it wasn't. And that's what was interesting. So it wasn't too one-sided, but the way it was sort of one-sided. Well, there you go, at the end of the day... The Canadian road trip was a success and it was back on to home ice. Valentine's Day and Keeper's Arrow did not strike. It was the Washington Capitals taking the win this time, 5-1. Now, you know they say, that old earth saying, Pride comes before a fall. But this was a mega flop. Despite the early lead, it was almost like they had banished and allowed the Caps to take total control and trample all over them. And I was thinking, well, that's what sort of happened last time. But you were still able to rally down from a big goal deficit 
and beat them in overtime. So where was that? Especially the fact that these are the, this is the team that holds the cup that we want to take in June. So you need to be able to get the better of these teams now so that if we do make the final, then we can say, well, we've got the best of that or we've done well against this lot. So it wasn't really a great night after what was a fantastic road trip there. Okay, let's pause now for Pacific Watch and try to put you out of your guessing miseries and tell you who it is. Okay, it's time now for the Pacific Watch. The moment in the podcast where we take a break from all the aggro, all the drama, all the highs of the shark season. And we see, has it anything newsworthy to report on our fellow division rivals? And it's got hard as the months have gone on. At the start of the season, it was easy to get some newsworthy and was really hilarious, I think we should say. Thank you, Vegas, for that one. <sighs> but actually, what was interesting me is how teams at the start of the year can have great starts and then fall. And that is what's happening here. Have you worked out which Canadian team it is I'm talking about? Well, I'm now going to put on your miseries. It's Vancouver. Now, the Canucks haven't really seen much worthy of challenging for tight for trophies or making postseason pushes since their Stanley Cup final trip in 2011. Since then it's sort of gone downhill Vancouver. And this year was a big year for them. Two of their well what you'd call faces of the team retired last year. So it was a big new year for the Canucks. Had to basically restructure themselves. At the start of the season, they went out strongly. It was really, well, it was first it was weird, but it was sort of nice to see because you want to see these teams who have not been in the playoffs for a while. You want to see them do well. You want to see them there so that it brings more variety. Because I know I'm, well, I'm sick of constantly seeing Tampa Bay in the postseason every year. I'm also very definitely sick of seeing Pittsburgh or Washington because they just end up basically playing each other every single year. So you won that variety. And it looked like Vancouver were on course to qualify for the first time in a long while. But also, it looked like they were going to go in as the division champs. It was such a strange thing, but a nice thing for them to see. So how did it all start? Well, October, their record was eight wins, six regulation losses, but no OT. With four of those wins being on home ice, it looked like they were going to start strongly. However, a bad November, though, saw them knocked out of the top three, three, and it looked like they were back to their old ways. In December, though, they won eight games and were able to pick up a point in a shootout loss to the Red Wings. But ever since we entered the, the, the new calendar year, it's not been plain sailing for them. And I personally think it looks like we won't be seeing them come April. Um... Going into January, they were sort of, with Arizona, they were hovering in that little um, fun zone where you're on the edge of getting all those two wildcard spots, but you're not quite there yet. And you're, you're sort of the teams that are putting the pressure 
on the two wildcard spot holders. But as of now, it looks like Vancouver is sort of hovering. And it looks like they're not really going to qualify. I think at the end of the day, it looks like we're going to have two central teams take the wildcard spots in this year's postseason. Which I think is so annoying. And I will put something here. Why is it the best of the conference that goes through, that takes the wildcard spots? Because for me, the conference size, I don't look at them. I only look at division standings and wildcard spots. Because for me, you are crowned the conference champion when you win the third round of your post playoff series. That's for your crown the Western Conference champion or the Eastern Conference champion. So I don't, don't really see the necessary of why we have to have conference standings because at the end of the day, you don't crown that champion until you get to the third round and you've, that's it, you've won the conference, you're now going to move on to the standard final. So I always had... The, so I... I'm going to be wrong. There's, I like this current Stanley Cup playoff format. I think it's worked. But I think the wildcard thing needs to be... Edit or changed it. I've always felt it should be the team that finishes in the division fourth go get the wildcard spot. So and then that way, all four divisions, so the Central, Pacific, Atlantic, and Metropolitan, would then have four teams representing them, rather than this, than this current format, which provides a danger of potentially one division. And we and we have seen it in past years, and we are probably going to see it this year, there's the danger of one conference being represented with five teams and one only three. So, it's all very well, these general managers and board of governors saying, oh, there's nothing wrong with our playoff format. There is, because it's not balanced right. You really need to think about this now, especially with Seattle on the horizon, because we all know they're going to come in and they're going to cause major damage. So, I would, so I, if I was a general manager, if I was listening to this, I think you should go and push to make the wildcard spots fairer. So it's the fourth place in each division and not the best two from the conference. Okay, Vancouver fans. I think you're going to be asking yourselves again, what is it that you're missing what are you missing? Next year, you're going to be starting your 50th anniversary season. Maybe now's the time to start asking yourselves, what do we need to do as a team to qualify? Okay, so that's the end of this watch. It's all got a bit sidetracked in it there, but you, you kind of need to, to help prove the point. But anyway, that concludes this Canadian Pacific watch. Welcome back, you're listening to episode 5 of Tour Report Season 1. We are currently the midst of looking back over February 2019 of your Saturday Sharks 2018-19 season, the business end of the competition. Right, so let's continue. So we were currently looking at the mid back at the midst of a three-game homestand, which started badly 
on Valentine's Day. Again, we're continuing the theme of game rest, game rest. That trend will, does eventually break though. It's not all, unfortunately it wasn't all like that. So, February the 16th. Vancouver back in town. Now, uh, it won't surprise me if everybody thought after that last one, it's going to be another blowout. Vancouver, seriously, why are you bringing it on, on yourselves? It wasn't. It was a way tighter affair. The final score was a Sharks win, but we had to fight for this time. It was two for the Canucks, three for your Sharks. And the first period had a little bit of a set of deja vu of previous games early in the season, going way back October, early November, of an early lead being taken away by a concession of goals for the opposition. But that was then followed by a second period full of opportunity, which in the end, it was once again our beloved captain to get the winner in the third period, which eventually sealed the deal in regulation, and luckily that was all needed done. Right, February the 18th. Why can't we get a break over Boston? It's been going on for years now. A bit like how back in October I was going on about. We can't catch a break against the Islanders. They're always beating us. Which was why it was so great to get that home win over them. But seriously, with Boston, wow. What is it about them? Come on, somebody. Boston fans, you're out there. Tell me, what is it? And it looked like it was going to go that way again. Okay, it did, but easy. It could have been a blowout for them. All I'm going to say here is, if, if you gift the other side power plays, then I'm afraid you deserve to be punished for them. I know. I can't believe that that's going in my mouth either. But seriously, that's exactly what happened. Which led to that great big giant hole in the first. And I'm afraid an overtime point here, Sidney doesn't cut it at this stage of the game. And I'm going to explain why at the end of the podcast. But I'm afraid an overtime point wasn't good enough. 6-5 Bruins overall result. Okay. So the rest of the month is on the road. It's all east. Yes. Eastern. It's not a quick Pacific Rail visit, then east. No, it's all eastern. And it starts off in Pittsburgh, February the 21st. 4 0. No, not 4 0 Penguins. 4 0 Sharks. That, sorry, that deserves a whoop whoop. Cause, just because of my feet against Pittsburgh. I love this one. This was a very weird game. There was no even handed goal scored at all. All the goals were either power play or shorthanded. And the Sharks were in total dominance here. And for the first 
times this season they did not allow a free goalie to slip. I had flashbacks to Arizona, to Nashville, thinking, no, they've got their free to up, it's going to slip, no. And luckily they didn't, and I was just so relieved because we see it this season where the Sharks are up by three goals. But you think, okay, boys, take it home. And then the opponents come back and it's like, yeah. So anyway, great result over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Same can't be said for Stadium Series Day. So February the 23rd, it was a matinee. Well, there were quite a lot of matinee games going on that day because obviously the main highlight of that day was the stadium series, which um, Pittsburgh also lost because they had their own hands. <laughs> but go back to our game because obviously it's to report, not Pingu time. Uh, what? I'm, I'm basically waffling it because I don't know what to say. I just, I've got nothing nice to say. Where were the Sharks? That's all I'm going to say. Where the hell? I think I'm allowed, I think I'm allowed to know where the hell. Uh, where were they? It was 4-0 win to Columbus. Where were the Sharks? That's all I'm going to say. Right, February the 24th. Back to back. This was a must win after the previous night's disgusting play. Now it was a slow start to this one. And it's up to Captain Velsky to once again come to the rescue, scoring the final three goals, a hat trick. Which ended up being a 5 3 win over Detroit. It was only our second visit to their brand new arena. Which, of course, they first played in last year. And I think that was a. I think didn't we lose that game last year? I think we did. Yes. Yeah, so that that was our first win in Los Arena. That deserves a woo woo. From woo woo to oh boy, disappointing. February twenty six. Guess who it was? Boston. Nah. Disappointing, as it's clear from this game that not only did we not learn from our mistakes the last time, we hadn't learned from that dismal performance in Columbus. It was literally just bad. And that concludes the games of February. So, before we go, look records and highlights. I will quickly point out why I felt that the overtime loss to Boston wasn't good enough. We are at the business end of the competition now. And we came back off that continuing road trip in a good position to potentially catch Calgary. Calgary have a, had, at that point, a great big whopping lead in the standings. I think a lot of us probably were just prepared to accept the fact, okay, we're going to play Vegas in the first round. It's looking that way. And the Canadian, 
DeRoche, it just got us to a point where we could go, oh my god, we could actually have a chance to, you know, to overtake Calgary. We could overtake them. Now, I'm a kind of guy who doesn't really care about where we finish, just as long as we qualify for the postseason. But I think this season, because there's so many different teams literally surprising us at the moment, I don't... I kind of feel like we need to go in the top seed specific. Because I think it would be better to have a different opponent in the first round so that we'd have that com so that if we were to qualify in the second round, we would have that confidence boost going into the second round. And also Calgary and Vegas were those teams would get eliminated. Because Calgary, Vegas are the main threats because they are division rivals and we're more likely to face them in the playoff round than we are to face the other two threats, which are Nashville and Winnipeg. So, now I'm not going to hold it against them if they don't win the, the division title because we have proved that on any given night we can beat any given team. But I do think the, the division title would be better because it would guarantee a better chance in the first round and then it would give a confidence boost going into the second round. Kind of like how it was last year when we played at home in the first round. And we had that little confidence boost and then obviously we had to face Vegas. And, uh, and um, well, let's just say, I don't think anyone was going to beat Vegas that year. Maybe this year though, they could be beaten, but anyway. So that's why I was a little bit disappointed with the overtime point because I just thought... I just thought we need to be in that position now where we make the most of every single game and we do not let any points slip away. Okay, on to the records. It was eight wins, three losses, one OT, which of course was the Boston one. Highlight of the month. Oh, it's tough. It's so tough. Um... I'm going to say the Canadian road trip as a whole. I am. Because going way, way, way back to June when the fixtures were released, as I said, I felt that's a game changer. That is a game changer. And the Sharks won all four of those games. And you just think, oh my God. Wow. You could not have done better in that, home, in that road trip if you tried. I'm just, just thrilled. Especially against Winnipeg and Calgary. Calgary, we did, we had beat them once before. But Winnipeg, it had been quite a while since we had beaten them. I don't think we did well against them last year either. So it was just so nice to finally go, oh my god, that's what a win over Winnipeg looks like. Um, But yeah. So I can't pick a single game as a highlight I have to say the Canadian road trip as a whole because the Sharks they knew what they had to do and they did it and if they play every game like that then they're going to go far and that's the mentality they need to use going ahead in this, in this rest of the season so I'm not saying one game as a highlight I'm saying the all four Canadian games so that was February the 5th February the 7th February the 9th and February the 11th, those were the highlights 
of February. The low point is going to be the Columbus game. It's going to be the Columbus game. Just, well, you know why. It's not going to say more. And that concludes episode five. Can you believe we've got two more episodes now after this? It's been, it's gone really quick, and it's been so much fun to, fun to do, to do. And we're still going to be doing it next season, and for a lot of seasons to come. So next time is March. By then, we potentially will know who is through and who is sitting out the playoffs. Can we do it? Well, I think it looks like we are going to do it. But where we finish, that is in our, our own hands. Or should I say fins, my friends. So we're looking back at what is Crunch Month. And also, it's another Canadian edition of the Pacific Watch. As the team that no Saturday was to do well, Calgary, is going to be mentioned. But don't worry, I'm only interested in one player. A certain Mr... James Neal. We'll be talking about his stats since he's been with Calgary after making the transition from Vegas. That's going to be a very interesting one to watch. Believe me. I mean, you don't want to miss it. So, until next time. And so, I will leave you now.